Welcome to a talk from St Saviour's Sunbury. We hope it blesses you. Well, um, I've got a present to open up in a little while, so I'm going to try and see if I can find the best behaved uh, small person uh, who's going to help me to... <laughs> not that kind of small person, um, young-ish small person. So I'm looking for the next five or so, ten minutes, just to see who's best behaved who can help me open up one of these presents. Uh, if the children want to join in in the nativity story of wandering around the church, that's absolutely fine too. Please let them go. It is Christmas. Uh, I don't know if you've sent any Christmas cards this year. Uh, I'm sure you've received some Christmas cards as well. This one's one of my favourites, actually. We, we opened this this morning. Um, it, it looks like a tree, right? It's a tree with a star on top and some decorations. But actually, it's, it's a footprint upside down. Um, it's from James Bray, which was lovely. So it's his footprint turned upside down to make it look like a tree. That was one of my favorites. Um, you've got cards, right? You've received some cards or you sent some cards. And I think sometimes our preconceived ideas of what happened at that early Christmas are reinforced by the Christmas cards that we send and receive. Most of the time, the card designers get it wrong. I don't blame them. Because if you take away the snowman, the Robin Redbreast, the stable, what you're left with is not a great picture, really. Um, I found some funny cards to show you, if I can uh, run through those now. You see that? Yes, black can be slimming, but it can't perform miracles. <laughs> Next one. Have you noticed how Roger always sucks up to them just before Christmas? Dashing through the... No. <laughs> I hope you love the Christmas present you told me to buy for you. <laughs> and ain't nobody got time for that. It's not worth it, Roy. Let's just give him our noses and let him go. But um, I'm not the first person to say there's a fair bit of myth in the traditional Christmas. So I just want to take this opportunity this morning, clear away some of the confusion that's arisen about Christmas and presents uh, in particular. If we take Matthew 2 in the reading that we had, for example, you'll know the carol, We Three Kings of Orient Are, right? But it's one of those ones that also you might know there's another version available. So I've got the words here which are going to help us to sing along this morning. So are you ready? We three kings of Orient are One in a taxi, one in a car One on a scooter, bibbing his hooter Smoking a fat cigar Oh, some of you got it uh, And, of course, what you probably don't know Is that there's a second verse to that Are you ready? Because that was just a practice Here's the second verse Ready? We three kings of Leicester Square Trying to sell this cheap underwear They're fantastic, no elastic Not very safe to wear Oh, Alright, you got it Good <laughs> Oh, the internet has made my job so much easier But even the real lyrics in that carol uh, get it wrong Not all wrong, they get some things right, right I mean, we can be pretty sure that they were blokes, right? Because if they were women, they'd have brought something far more useful than gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
We don't know how many there were, but it's a good guess that there were three of them since there were three types of gifts. But when was the last time you went to a party and all the blokes remembered to bring a present? We don't know what... It's all right, I can say it. I'm a bloke. It's fine. Taking the mickey out of my own. Uh, we don't know what they were called. Tradition has it that they were called Melchior, Balthazar, Gaspar. Make great names for goldfish, right? But there's no evidence whatsoever that that's what they were called. There's probably a lot, actually, that we've got wrong about the Christmas story. Maybe, in fact, you've sat here today and you've made Christmas a lot less than it was ever intended to be. You know, we could never do without the mulled wine and the mince pies and the tree. But for many people, Jesus is one of the dispensable parts of Christmas. It's now a, a winter wonderland or season's greetings or whatever. And even at this time of year, the clue is in the name, Jesus seems expendable to many of us. Sometimes we can't even be bothered to write the whole thing out. We just put a cross where Christ should be. But the wise men in our story, they realized that Jesus was the most enjoyable part. We see that in their response to finding Jesus. The Bible tells us that they were overjoyed. They were overjoyed. When the wise men saw the star, they were absolutely delighted. This was among one of the happiest moments in their lives. They were so delighted to have found the child king. Like the bubbles in our seasonal Prosecco, their joy bubbled up to the surface. But I suspect that we find the excitement of the wise men a little discomforting, particularly if you're English. You know, it's a million miles away from that cool-hearted detachment with which most of us respond to the existence of Jesus. Enthusiasm makes us nervous, especially religious enthusiasm. You see what I mean? And above all else, there's nothing that unnerves us quite so much as enthusiastic religious men. See, it's just plain weird. But their discovery of Jesus was so exciting that they couldn't contain themselves. For men to get excited, it's got to be pretty significant, right? <clears throat> it takes something as significant and rare as an English sporting success to get me truly excited. Maybe for Josiah, perhaps it's the Canadian ice hockey team winning the Olympics or something. But a question for you this morning. Are you prepared to get excited about the existence of Jesus? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Have you read my script? Are you prepared to get excited about the existence of Jesus? Small group of people over in the corner. Good, good. You know, some of us here this morning, well, we may not be quite there yet. Maybe you're not quite there yet, but if you go back a little bit, maybe you're prepared to believe that there's something about this Jesus that might give you a reason to get excited. You know, millions of people around the world have discovered Jesus for themselves. Some of them may be known to you. Some of them might be sat right next to you right now. Many of them have done that as adults, and they are chuffed to bits. I myself am included in that. So my next question is, maybe you could be next. 
Matthew tells us that the wise men, they opened their treasures and from them brought out gold, frankincense and myrrh. He says nothing about the meaning of the gifts, but you know, if you've been around church for a while, you'll have worked out that there was the first gift was gold and that was a gift for a king. It was a gift for royalty. The second gift, frankincense, kind of revealed his divinity, the fact that he was God. And the third gift, myrrh, indicates mortality because the child who was born was to give his life sacrificially. You know, the most surprising gift, of course, to us is myrrh when we reflect on that. You know, I'm pretty sure that I've given some inappropriate gifts in my time. Yep, there was the Christmas when I brought my wife, that was her, by the way, uh, a pen and a file of facts and a cookbook and a food mixer and some kitchen knives. Hey, 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 it's what she needed. But giving embalming spices to a baby, that takes the biscuit. But actually, it's right on the money. You know, this child was always going to die. I mean, every child is going to die, okay, but, but this one had a special death to die. This kid in the manger became the man on the cross. And when Jesus died on the cross, he bore the brunt of our mistakes, all of our chaos, all of our wrongdoing, so that we wouldn't have to. So his death protects us. His death saves us in an eternal way. Now and for the future, and that's got to be the best news you're ever going to hear. The best news you're ever going to hear. It's as though in his death, Jesus acted as like some sort of lightning conductor, there to protect the building, bears the brunt of a lightning strike so that the building doesn't have to, and it saves the building from destruction. Given that Jesus is the sort of divine king that dies to save his people from their sins, we can begin to appreciate why the wise men reacted in the way that they did, even though they were blokes, lavishly giving their gifts. You know, they gave their best gifts because they recognized that God gave himself. I'm sure it's entirely fictitious, but I heard a story about a boy at a church who found himself in an awkward position when the collection plate came around. Don't worry, there'll be no collection today. Seeing this large metal plate being passed along the pew on its way towards him, he scrambled around in his pockets, brought out a conker, a marble, or a piece of used chewing gum, a paperclip. But as the plate came to him, he put it on the ground and he stepped on it. It was his graphic way of saying that he belonged to Jesus. He was giving himself to Jesus because Jesus had captured his heart. So are you prepared to give yourself to God this Christmas? Are you prepared to give yourself to Jesus and in return receive Jesus for yourself? So three things to finish with I've got. First of all, I've got this really nicely wrapped present taken out of my bag. It's got a bow on it as well. It's, it's reasonably well wrapped, so I can't have done it myself. But, um, let's just have a, I'm going to open this one myself because I realised Nike trainers. What's inside this one? Uh, just a load of a load of old empty junk. Not much use for anything. And that that for me is just like a little bit of a picture about how our lives can be sometimes, filled with junk, filled with mess, 
filled with mistakes. And sometimes we want to keep it hidden away, maybe in the cupboard under the stairs. We want to keep it hidden away. And that's how our lives can be sometimes. And then the second gift I've got comes in a much less uh, fancy wrapper. And I wonder, you've been doing such a good job. I wonder if you wouldn't mind opening this one for me. And then would you stand, when you take it out, would you stand on your chair and would you hold it up for everyone else to see? And this is how, can you see it, everyone? This is how God has dealt with all of our mistakes, all of the junk, all of the rubbish in our lives. Because the baby that was born today that we remember at Easter will be going to the cross to take away and bear the brunt of all of those mistakes. You can keep that. That's yours. And lastly, Willow. Willow? We were looking for something earlier, weren't we? My last one is wrapped up in here. It's got the three kings on the wrapper. Willow, would you mind opening this up for me and seeing who's inside? And could you come and show it to all the people? Yeah. Because this, this is the final gift. Hold it up for all the people to see. The final gift is the one that God gave. That God gave himself at Christmas. It's special, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. We're going to go and put Jesus in the crib at the back. If there's any small children that would like to come and join me and Willow as we go to the back and complete the nativity scene, Please feel free to do that. Adults, I've got a little video for you to watch uh, in your seats. Should we go and put him away? For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviourssunbury.org.uk.